This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, Nasdaq report strong numbers as Turkey's vote for Christmas down under. In Washington, D.C., the GGSEC suspends basic economic logic in the long march towards a socialist USA. HKMA announces a bond expansion. And CME has the most cash, but may not use it for M&A. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 212. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details on our new website at exchangeinvest.com. In BitCarnage, ultimately this week was all about whether or not. In the end, the exciting news was that SBF has opted to testify in his own defence. Will he receive the gracious welcome, worthy of a leading, effective, altruist boy wonder? Or might the prosecution prove a touch more sceptical? If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know you can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. In the main news of the week, in the main body of the world's exchanges... The road to Damascus was evidently closed for roadworks this week at the AGM of the ASX in Australia. Apologies were out of the question. And then again, shareholders have demonstrated a pure play endorsement of Thanksgiving Christmas, despite being clearly turkeys. Voting some 90% of shareholders endorsing the discredited chairman Damien Roach and just avoiding a second strike by the skin of the management's teeth for the second year in a row. Meanwhile, the new Chess Advisory Group won't be railroaded by ASX. Hooray! I hope Alan Cameron is good to his word. The Los Angeles Times reports that CEOs are feeling pressure to speak out on the Israel-Hamas war. Before Adina Friedman presented Nasdaq's financial results on Wednesday's quarterly earnings call, the stock exchange's chief executive said the company was horrified by the acts of terrorist violence in Israel and denounced the subsequent loss of innocent lives in Israel, Gaza and the wider region. Hear, hear. Well said, Adina. In results, it was a frantic week altogether for the results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Massive quarterly results for the nine months ended 30th September 2023 from Hong Kong exchanges and clearing. You wouldn't think there was a Chinese recession, or at least the worry about a Chinese recession on. The SAR seems to be booming revenue and other income up 18%. The yield curve is, of course, the central clearing 
counterparty's friend in this case. Nasdaq not quite so spectacular, but still nonetheless very, very good. And of course, Nasdaq here has a disadvantage, not owning a major central counterparty clearinghouse. Three-month net revenue up 6% overall, nine-month net revenue up 4%, despite the stock market having a long swoon during the course of this year. All eyes were then on CME Group as they reported their third quarter results, and they were quite spectacular, up 10% overall. Nonetheless, those impressive results have to be given a certain caveat. Can the monopoly milker not do better, given it owns the US yield curve in futures and options? And these are salad days. The salad days, in fact, US dollar rates have been waiting for through that crazy QE generation. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. New markets this week, we await with excitement. The Egyptian Bourse is going to launch a real estate exchange within four months. Deal news this week, well back to the CME who just reported those excellent but nonetheless not quite as spectacular as some might have hoped results. The Chicago Mercantile Exchange Group is in the strongest position for deals, the CEO said, despite rising competition that was reported by Reuters. It was a rather fitting self-stated epitaph to the failure of Terry Duffy to exploit the great opportunity his multifaceted offices provided him. And I quote El Tell. Our capacity is much greater than anybody else's. It doesn't mean we're going to do anything. Plus ça change, ladies and gentlemen. Despite the other monopoly milkers all hitting huge problems in recent times, as rates rise and the CME USD yield curve hits a sweet spot, the management looks likely to just hold the cash and buy back stock. If you're wondering whether you should be buying back stock or buying stock outright or what you should be doing in this market at this point in time, you might want to play a longer strategic game and look at, well, how digital life is going to change us all. Therefore, you ought to be picking up a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's published by DV Books and Victory or Death is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Don't forget, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream Tuesday, 6pm London, 1 o'clock New York time, the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn, YouTube and Facebook by searching IPO-vid. Our most recent show was another masterclass. This time we had Anne Berg unravelling global commodities. That really is a must-watch, that show. And good grief coming this week. On Tuesday, we have none other than Professor Dr. Richard Sander the father of financial futures. Elsewhere, emanating from Chicago, the finance book of the week this week. We've been listing a series of interesting books for some weeks now, and indeed, Trading in Sync with Commodities is our latest book, Introducing Astrology to Your Technical Toolbox, written by our recent IPO vid guest in episode number 115, Susan Abbott-Giddle. She's also the publisher of the Red Letter Days Trading News letter. Trading in sync with commodities and introducing astrology to your technical toolbox is written for those who might be unfamiliar with either commodities or astrology. Susan includes 101 chapters on each topic as well as an astrological glossary. In addition, she covers how astrology can help you discover which markets you might be most attuned to trading. 
Our next book of the week will be unveiled Saturday in the EI Weekend edition. Don't forget it's completely free, the Saturday edition, with some fascinating macro reads. You can sign up for that at exchangeinvest.com. At the same time, if you want to stay ahead of what's going on in the bourse business, you ought to be reading the water cooler of the exchange industry, the exchange of information, Exchange Invest itself. You can sign up to that via exchangeinvest.com. It's only $349 per user year to join us in the exchange of information. Technology news this week. The London Stock Exchange had a whoops nasty, a halt in many stocks was the result. And a lot of people were deeply embarrassed. A lot of investors were pretty angry. And indeed, we also had a couple of outages at Miami Exchange's options markets. Oprah was having some issues during the course of the week. The London Stock Exchange's outage led to a rather execrable piece in City AM. Stock exchanges need robust defences from repeated tech errors. I asked for a right of reply on behalf of the parish and was tartly told they would only accept a letter in response to this said grid drivel. So I sent the following. Dear sirs, as a partially financial-focused newspaper, City AM embarrasses itself with this dismally constructed thesis taking broad brush aim at exchanges for which there is a paucity of data. LSE have tech problems as a result of management post-M&A struggling to run Refinitiv and an exchange franchise. It is grossly inaccurate to tar all bourses with the same brush. Major exchange groups process billions of messages daily without fail with extensive fail-safes. Childish, cherry-picked hectoring embarrasses author Horizon Software. I appreciate some vendors are simply desperate for publicity, but City AM must focus on understanding markets as a core element of your remit. Readers seeking to better understand exchanges are welcome at the Exchange of Information, exchangeinvest.com. In conclusion, let's ignore the whining and applaud the excellent exchanges in London, producing almost seamless uptime. Aquas, SIBO and ICE, to name but three. Yours, etc. Patrick L. Young, publisher, Exchange Invest. At the time of recording, no sign of it being published yet. Regulation news this week. NICE NASDAQ volume discounts for brokers are being threatened by the SEC. As usual, it's a total inversion of economic logic couched in business school prose that suggests this is entirely logical, whereas this very process entirely discredits the US blob as a whole. The GG, SEC, seeks to upend a core principle of not merely exchange pricing, but actually pricing at a fundamental economic level. At the heart of commerce, the more volume you do, the better price you expect to pay for a good or service. This demonstrates the worst of the frankly demented socialism of Gigi and his ilk. It reminds me of a famous business school in the post-communist era of the 1990s, where an economics lecturer was still intoning the primary purpose of the company is to benefit its employees. The Gigi era, SEC, is only steps away from this nonsense. Meanwhile, the U.S. derivatives regulator, according to the Wall Street Journal, plans a tougher enforcement approach. No more Mr. Nice Guy from the CFTC agency, which just a year ago had an unhealthy fixation with the notion SBF and FTX were not utterly toxic to market structure in the world economy. The CFTC seeking to find its way back to credibility is admittedly a different approach. Crip has this week, well, sad to report the death of... Former NGX chairman in Nigeria, Christopher Ogunbanjo, whose firm actually handled the incorporation of the Nigerian Stock Exchange, who died age 99. Mr. Ogunbanjo's demise follows the recent passing in mid-September of Pa Akintola Williams, the last surviving signatory of the original Memorandum on Arts of the Association of the Nigerian Stock Exchange at the founding of the NSE on September 15, 1960. 
Happier News industry veteran Kevin Wolf is joining the American Financial Exchange as Chief Financial Officer. Absolutely delighted to see the excellent Kevin Wolf of Euronext and Eris Exchange fame joining the AFX. Slightly sadder twist, Liu T, former Deputy General Manager of the Shanghai Stock Exchange, faces criminal charges for alleged embezzlement and bribery following an investigation by the country's top graft of Buster. We had previously reported in Exchange Invest in edition EI2642 on April 24th of this year that he had been taken away by authorities. This was alongside the 2021 bribery case of Cao Jian, former deputy chief responsible for vetting IPOs on the exchange's tech SME star market. Speaking of possible criminals, well, Mark Zuckerberg, the master criminal, has a certain ring to it. I speak, of course, as somebody who has been trying for over a year to stop a blatant identity theft on the Facebook platform, which is being totally ignored by Zuck Inc. That's just the thin end of the wedge, it seems. In the UK alone, Zuck's corporate behemoth, this is very meta, is now the biggest single source of crimes recorded by the British Constabulary. No fewer than 17% of the 6.6 million crimes recorded in the UK were victims of scams on Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram, impacting over a million victims. I'm just saying this, but maybe instead of pursuing cage fights with Elon Musk or thinking about going for president or whatever, it might be better for Mr. Zedberg to stick to managing his own business rather than being tarred with the brush of being a master criminal. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of Markets the World Over, publisher of Exchange Invest. I wish you a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.